Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with an accusation against Job as we pick up in Job chapter 5, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Call now, Eliphaz is saying to Job, if there be any that will answer you, to which of the saints will you turn? Now, it would seem that maybe in those days there, there were those who there had already developed saints that they were turning to in trouble. Which saint do you have for boils, you know? For wrath killeth the foolish, and envy slayeth the silly. I have seen the foolish taking root, but suddenly I cursed his habitation. His children are far from safety. They are crushed in the gate. Neither is there any to deliver them. Now he's accusing Job of foolishness and silliness and and all of this because, you see, Job's children were crushed when the house fell. So he said, I've seen the foolish and all. Their children are crushed in the gate and all. Whose harvest the hungry eateth up, and taketh it even out of the thorns, and the robbers swalloweth up their substance. The, the Sabians and the Chaldeans had come in and stolen everything that Job had. So uh, this is all, he's trying to make it all applicable to Job. This is what's happened to you. You're the foolish one, and you had taken root, but suddenly you're cursed and all. Although affliction comes not forth of the dust, neither doth trouble spring out of the ground. Yet man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. (laughs) That's, That's a great philosophy for life, isn't it? Man, you were born for trouble (laughs) as the sparks fly upward. But unfortunately, such is the case. I would seek unto God. Now he's advising Job. I would seek unto God. And unto God would I commit my cause, which doeth great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number, who giveth rain upon the earth and sendeth waters upon the fields to set up on high those that be low, that those which mourn may be exalted to safety. He disappointeth the devices of the crafty so that their hands cannot perform their enterprise. He taketh the wise in their own craftiness, and the counsel of the forward is forward is carried headlong. They meet with darkness in the daytime. They grope in the noonday as in the night. But he saves the poor from the sword and from their mouth and from the hand of the mighty. So the poor hath hope, and iniquity stoppeth her mouth. Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. Therefore despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty. Now, Solomon, no doubt, was familiar with Job because in his advice to his son, he said, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be thou weary with his correction. And, of course, Paul picked it up in the New Testament, or whoever wrote the book of Hebrews, and my assumption is that it was Paul. But whoever wrote the book of Hebrews picks it up in the book of Hebrews and again says, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord. And happy is everyone who is scourged by him. So here in Job, uh, Eliphaz, first of all, says, hey, don't despise God's chastening. Happy is the man whom God corrects. Don't despise the chastening of the Almighty. For he makes sore and bindeth up. He woundeth and his hands make whole. He shall deliver thee in six troubles. Yea, in seven there shall no, no evil touch thee. Now he really doesn't give us the seven. He speaks of a couple here. 
couple of things, well, three things at least. Uh, God will spare you in the time of famine. In famine, he will redeem thee from death. In war, from the power of the sword. Thou shalt be hid from the scourge of the tongue. Neither shalt thou be afraid of the destruction when it cometh. And so there are four of the seven. He doesn't give us the other three. He comes back now to destruction and famine. Thou shalt laugh. Neither shalt thou be afraid of the beast of the earth. That's five. For thou shalt be in league with the stones of the field, and the beasts of the field shall be at peace with thee. And thou shalt know thy tabernacle shall be in peace. Thou shalt visit thy habitation, shall not sin. Thou shalt know also thy seed shall be great, thine offspring as the grass of the earth. Thou shalt come as to thy grave in full age like a shock of corn cometh in his season. Lo, this we have searched it, so it is. Hear it and know it for your own good. So... Here's the way it is, Job. <laughs> this is the way the cow eats its cabbage, you know. So listen to me. It's for your own good, man. You know, just get right with God. So Job responds to him and he says, Oh, that my grief were thoroughly weighed and my calamities were laid in the balances together. Now, of course, picturesque, you got to see it. In those days, the balances, the scales were always balances. And they had the little weights that they would put on the one side. And then, you know, the grapes or whatever you were buying were put on the other side. And, and when the balance came to the equal, then, you know, you had the talent the weight of the talent, a talent of grapes and so forth. And, and, and you've got to see these balances. Now he said, oh, that my calamities, my griefs were laid in a balance. They would be heavier than the sands of the sea. So you picture all the sand of the sea put in the one side of the balance, and now you're pouring in Job's calamities and Job's grief, and it balances out. I think he's exaggerating a little bit. They would be heavier than the sand of the sea. Therefore, my words are swallowed up. For the arrows of the Almighty are within me, the poison whereof drinketh up my spirit. The terrors of God do set themselves in array against me. Does the wild donkey bray when he has grass? Or does the ox loath over his fodder? Can that which is unsavory be eaten without salt? Or is there any taste in the white of an egg? The things that my soul refused to touch are as my sorrowful meat. Oh, that I might have my request, that God would just grant me the thing that I long for. Oh, what is it, Job, that you request? Even that it would please God to destroy me, that he would let loose his hand and cut me off. Man, poor old Job is really in desperate straits. I just wish God would grant me my request, the thing that I long for. And it's just that I'd be dead. I'd be cut off. I, I can't stand life anymore. And, and I'm certain that all of us have come to situations in our own lives that are so unsavory, so distasteful, that there have been those same thoughts pass through. 
oh, that God would grant me my desire. But yet, I don't think that we always really think those thoughts sincerely. I think a lot of times we say that, oh, I wish I were dead. But we really don't mean it. Like the fellow who was carrying this heavy load on a hot, hot day. And he finally came to this river. And he just sort of collapsed. And he set the load down, and he was just sitting there by the river. And he said, oh, death, death, please come, death. And he felt a tap on the shoulder, and he looked up, and there was death. He said, did you call me? And he said, yes, would you mind helping me get this pack on my back so I can get going again? <laughs> so we don't always mean what we say when we call for death or wish it was all over. But yet we feel that way sometimes, you know, at least for the moment of despair. Job is expressing it himself. Now, he's still, though, expressing about, he doesn't know what death is all about. For if I were destroyed, then should I have comfort. Yes, I would harden myself in sorrow. Let him not spare, for I have not concealed the words of the Holy One. What is my strength that I should hope? And what is my end that I should prolong my life? Is my strength the strength of stones, or is my flesh of brass? Is not my help in me, and is wisdom driven quite from me? To him, now he's talking to Eliphaz and to the whole uh, speech that Eliphaz had given to him. To him that is afflicted, pity should be showed from his friend. Look, man, I need pity. I don't need someone to come and jump on my case at this point. I need pity. My brethren have dealt deceitfully as a brook, and as a stream of brooks they pass away, which are blackish by reason of the ice wherein the snow is hid. What time they wax warm, they vanish. When it is hot, they are consumed out of their place. Now, this is very picturesque, and it's poetry, and thus it's meant to be picturesque. And he's, he's just saying, my friends are like ice are like snow. They appear to be friends, but when things get hot, they melt. They don't exist. I've had those kind of friends. <laughs> They're called fair weather friends. When things get hot, you'll never find them. The paths of their way are turned aside. They go to nothing and perish. Down to verse 21. For now you are nothing. You see my casting down and you're afraid. Did I say to you, come to me, give me a reward of your substance, or deliver me from the enemy's hand, redeem me from the hand of the mighty? Job said, look, man, did I ask you to come around? Did I ask you for anything? Don't give me any more. I'm tired of you. I didn't ask you for anything. I didn't say, I want you to give me something. He said, I didn't call for you. And then he went on to say, teach me, and I will hold my tongue. <laughs> Tell me something that's worthwhile, and I'll be quiet. You haven't told me anything worthwhile. Cause me to understand wherein I've erred. 
How forcible are right words. But what does your arguing reprove? Boy, Job gets really cutting with his tongue. Do you imagine to reprove words and the speeches of one that is desperate, which are as wind? You know, you're just a bag of wind, man. It's just, you don't have anything to say. It's of any value. Yea, you overwhelm the fatherless. You dig a pit for your friend. Now, therefore, be content. Look on me. It's evident to you if I lie. Return, I pray you. Let it not be iniquity. Yea, return again. My righteousness is in it. Is there any iniquity in my tongue? Cannot my taste discern perverse things? Is there not an appointed time to man upon the earth? And are not his days also like the days of a hireling? As a servant earnestly desires the shadow, that is the shadow of the clock going down so that the shadow disappears, the servant waits for that because he has rest in the evening. And as the hireling looks for the reward of his work, so am I made to possess months of vanity and wearisome nights are appointed to me. And when I lie down, I say, when will I arise? When will the night be gone? I'm full of tossing to and fro unto the dawning of the day. My flesh is clothed with worms and clods of dust. My skin is broken and it's become loathsome. Now Job is telling about his horrible condition. Clods of dirt are clinging to the, you know, the sores where they would begin to dry up and then the clods of dirt just clinging there and his flesh all over is just loathsome. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. Oh, remember that my life is wind. Mine eyes shall no more see good. The eye of him that hath seen me shall see me no more. Thine eyes are upon me, and I am not. As the cloud is consumed and vanishes away, so is he that goeth down to the grave. He shall come up no more. Job, you don't know what you're talking about. He shall return no more to his house, neither shall his place know him any more. Therefore, I will not refrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Am I a sea or a whale that you set a watch over me? When I say my bed shall comfort me, my couch shall ease my complaint. And then you come along and you try to scare me with your dreams. And you terrify me through your visions so that my soul chooses strangling and death rather than life. I loathe it. I would not live always. Let me alone, for my days are empty. What is man that you should magnify him? Now, let me say at this point, Job is turning from Eliphaz. He's, he said it. He said, just leave me alone. I would choose to strangle on my own spittle than to hear any more of your words. Death is better than life. Now he turns to God in verse 17. And addressing himself to God, he says, What is man that you should magnify him and that you should set your heart upon him? Interesting question. What is man that God should exalt man and that God should set his heart upon man? I liked what Dave said this morning as he was leading us in singing, And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me who caused his pain? 
He said he likes to sing that looking in the mirror. <laughs> Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? You ought to sing that looking in the mirror. Job is sort of looking in the mirror saying, God, what is man that you should mind, you know, magnify him or that you should set your heart upon him? What am I that God should set his heart upon me, that God should desire my love, that God should desire my fellowship, that God should desire my responses to him? It's the amazing mysteries of God, and I cannot understand them. That you should visit him every morning and try him every moment. How long will you not depart from me, nor let me alone till I swallow down my own spittle? I have sinned. What shall I do unto thee? And of course, Job's talking about this is quite a picturesque phrase for death. I begin to just swallow my own spit. I mean, that's it. You know, I can't cough it up anymore. It's just I'm gone. I have sinned. What shall I do unto thee, O thou preserver of men? Why have you set me as a mark against thee so that I am a burden to myself? Why do you not pardon my transgression and take away mine iniquity? For now shall I sleep in the dust, and thou shalt seek me in the morning, but I shall not be. So his complaint to God, why don't you forgive me, God? Why don't you relieve me of this? What's going on? And Job is crying out of the misery. So Bildad, the next friend, speaks up, and he said, how long will you speak these things? How long will your words of your mouth be like a big bag of wind? Does God pervert judgment or does the Almighty pervert justice? If your children have sinned against him and he's cast them away for their transgression, then okay, now he's getting on my kids. They've sinned and God's wiped them out. Now you're going to blame God. If you would seek unto God before and make your supplication to the Almighty, if you were pure and upright, surely he would awake for thee. He would take up your cause, and he would make the habitation of thy righteousness prosperous. Though your beginning was small, yet the latter end should be greatly increased. For inquire, I pray thee, of the former age, and prepare thyself to search of their fathers. For we are... A but of yesterday and know nothing because our days upon the earth are like the shadow on the sundial. Shall not they teach thee and tell thee and utter words out of their heart? Can a rush grow up without mire? Now picture the, the rushes growing up beside the river there in the mud along the river. Can the flags grow without water while it is yet in his greenness? It is cut down. It withers before any other herb. So, Job, you're like a reed that is growing up. But the mud dries up, and while it is still green, you're being cut off. The hypocrites are this way, Job. You must be a hypocrite. So are the paths of all that forget God, and the hypocrite's hope shall perish whose hope shall be cut off and whose trust shall be a spider's web. He shall lean upon his house, but it shall not stand. He shall hold it fast, it will not endure. He is green before the sun, but his branch shoots forth in his garden. His roots are wrapped about as the heat, 
and he seeth the place of stones. If he destroys him from his place, then he shall deny him, saying, I have not seen thee. Behold, this is the joy of his way, and out of the earth shall others grow. Behold, God will not cast away a perfect man, neither will he help the evildoers. Till he fill thy mouth with laughing and thy lips with rejoicing, they that hate thee shall be clothed with shame, and the dwelling place of the wicked shall come to naught. So basically, Bildad is saying to Job, God is fair, God is just, plead your cause before God. Get right with God, Job, and everything is going to be okay. That's your problem. You're a hypocrite, and what you need to do is just get right with God. Things will straighten out. You know, you'll be blessed and all again. But something's wrong, Job. Can't happen, you know, unless there's something seriously wrong here. So Job answers him. And he said, I know it's true. What? That God is fair, that God is just. Now that is something that we need to all know. That is true. God is righteous. God is just. Though the justice of God is often challenged. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Job on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Job 5-9 through when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you. Oh, may God bless you and, and just fill you with the knowledge and the understanding of himself that you may come to know him in a deeper, fuller, richer way. And growing up in him to maturity, you might come into that measure of the stature of the fullness of the image of Christ as God by his spirit restores that which was lost because of the fall. So God bless you in your walk and in your relationship with Him. May it get better than it ever was before. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Undoubtedly, one of the most glaring signs that our society is in trouble is the breakdown of the family unit. Marriages just aren't making it today, and kids are suffering as they watch the breakup of their homes. Those marriages still holding together are often plagued by conflict and turmoil, making the home a battleground instead of a refuge. 
That's why The Word for Today would like to present Pastor Chuck Smith's Marriage and Family MP3, where Pastor Chuck discusses basic biblical principles to keep a family's love alive. Each member of the family has a different set of needs and responsibilities. And when you know and apply God's principles, everyone in the family can experience real peace, real joy, and an agape love. To order your copy of the Marriage and Family MP3 by Chuck Smith, call The Word for Today at 800-272-WORD or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.